We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this the black sheep sticking it to him. I need a crib like I'm Gatsby. I need it in hand. Just understand my pocket's that deep. With nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do. And they can't compete, and I got nothing to lose. You see, they told me I'm the one that's gonna benefit. Never been a threat. Talking out of line, but never let me interject. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayas. At Nick Dayas 10 is where you can find me. VeteransMinimum.com for all things VM. We're being joined by Kenny later. Kenny bets big on all social media outlets. Shout out to the members of the Patreon who have jumped over and are getting some of their betting advice and betting picks from Kenny. Uh, I like that we're keeping it all in-house with the same fam. So I appreciate you guys. And Kenny referenced that at the end of the episode as well. But I do want to talk about a couple of things before we get into this episode with Kenny where we're talking about teams that could go from worst to first. You see it all the time in the NFL where there's a team that finished last in their division last year, and then the year after they win their division. We've seen it happen with the Texans in the past. We saw it as recently as last year. We saw the Jacksonville Jaguars go from worst to first. So we highlight a couple of teams in the AFC and in the NFC that we like to potentially make that leap. I want to open up talking about the NBA playoffs so far. And at the time that we're recording, we got the Nuggets and the Suns are at two apiece. The Lakers and the Warriors, the Lakers are up 2-1. The Knicks are down 2-1 to the Miami Heat. And we're at 2-2 in Philly and Boston. A couple of things I want to mention. We don't record every single day. We release a podcast twice a week. But there are things that we mention throughout the history of the show. We reiterate a lot of things in the event that we mention something. And it's not around the time when that scenario might present itself. Example, we've talked about the Miami flu for years. We've been saying, yo, when teams go down to South Beach and they're there for a couple of days, Miami has one of the best against the spread records in NBA history. For many, many reasons, we're going to keep it short. There's a lot of distractions in the 305. If you know, you know. The New York Knicks on Saturday were a four-point underdog playing at 1 o'clock Eastern time. In Miami. It's a bad spot. It's a bad spot when they got to play at night. When they're playing in the afternoon, it's a bad spot 
the Heat were up 20 for about 90% of the game. The game was never in, uh, in uh, jeopardy for them, right? So that's a spot that we've talked about in the past. Another spot we talked about, the Phoenix Suns on Friday. Teams down 0-2, going home for game three, first half against the spread. It is one of the VM staples in the betting world. This season so far, it's undefeated. The only time that it lost, we weren't going to bet it anyway. We said not to bet it was when the Sixers were playing in Brooklyn where the Nets have no home court. Nobody in New York cares about the Brooklyn Nets. And Philly's like three hours down the road. So there were a lot of 76ers fans. That's the only time it hasn't hit so far. So these are the kind of things that I keep reiterating and keep talking about that it's important where come football season, we always talk about, yo, if there's a team that got blown out on Sunday next week, they're playing on a primetime game, look the other way. Things are overvalued. Things are undervalued. You have the Bengals lose on Monday Night Football by three touchdowns, and you look at the look-ahead line where a team that they were playing was probably the Bengals were going to be a 10-point favorite. But now they get blown out on Monday Night Football, and now they're a four-point favorite, or they're a seven-point favorite. You're like, hold on. They were just favored to win by two scores. Now they're a touchdown favorite. There's value there. People like using the word value in sports betting. That's an example there where the price is mispriced on the Bengals because of what we saw on primetime. So that's where some of the staples of the show and how I always say how by default or blindly, I'm going to always bet this spot. I'm always going to take the team that loses on primetime the week before that is underpriced the week after. A team down 0-2 coming home for game three in the first half, I'm always going to take that unless they're playing in Brooklyn where last year we had the same exact scenario, but it was the Celtics. And Boston is four hours down the road from Barclays Center. And again, there's no Nets fans there. This isn't the garden we're talking about. This, this is Brooklyn that we're talking about. So those are a couple of things that I'm talking about often throughout the history of the show and all the content that we create that you guys should just be aware of. And I definitely wanted to highlight that. The next thing I wanted to mention is what happened in game four of the next the Nuggets and Sun series. Man, so far, that's been my favorite series. Those games have been the closest. They've been the funnest games to watch. And also, the coolest thing about this series, everyone that's supposed to deliver has delivered. And I want to show love to Devin Booker, who a couple of weeks ago, I said that Kendall Jenner was the NBA playoff MVP because she broke his heart. They broke up, and he's just been on a tear. In the playoffs, I was being silly, but in the playoffs, he's dropped 36, 47, 35, 27, 47, 30, 45, 38, and 26. And in his last two games, where you could probably say they were must-win games for the Suns because you couldn't go down 3-0 to Denver, and then you couldn't go down 3-1 going back to Denver because that's a recipe for disaster. He's shooting close to 72% from the field. Devin Booker right now, I feel like, is the one guy that consistently, especially in these playoffs, I want to talk about these playoffs in particular, where you could probably bet on him to have a good game every single time. And it doesn't matter if they play in L.A. against the Clippers. It hasn't mattered if they play in Denver. The biggest key in this series so far through four games has been the bench. Landry Shamit. Had a wild-ass game four. Dude was a DNP earlier in the series. Earlier in the playoffs, excuse me. It seems like 
this series strikes me as a series where the home team is just going to win every time because you have these role players and the bench guys that are producing at home as opposed to on the road. And that's what makes you a superstar. That's what separates you from being a superstar, a good player, to your, your eighth guy off the bench. Those guys are contributing big minutes in Phoenix like you saw. If you just look at the box score and you tally up everything that's happened in each particular game, you could point to the box score and who's playing at home. That's who's won the game. And that's what you saw with the Suns. The Suns in game two, their, their bench combined less than 10 points. They're getting 81 points, 73 points from Booker and Durant, but they're not getting anything else from the bench. And this is what happens. This is why we also mention teams playing at home down 0-2 in the first half. The bench is more likely to be successful, and that's what you've been seeing, the home court advantage as well. So Devin Booker, man, he's been absolutely killing it these playoffs. He's been a guy who has stepped up many times in the past for the Suns, and in particular now without Chris Paul because he's been banged up. Booker has been absolutely on fire. And the last thing I want to talk about, staying with this series, how many times have I come on here? And uh, I get a lot of shit for this, but how many times have I come on, I've come on here and I've said one of my favorite sporting events of all time is Malice at the Palace. You can't talk to these athletes the way you would talk to your buddies. You can't talk to these athletes and disrespect their families, their religion, their, their girlfriends, their wives, their kids, anything. You can't, right? It's different if you're like, yo, you suck. Not a problem. I've talked to athletes. They don't hate that. Where you're like, yo, your mother. Your That's where it's like, yo, bro, you can't be talking like that. And the reason why I mentioned the malice at the palace is because some of these fans get way too comfortable. And I know we had an incident with a fan that happens to be the owner of the team with the Suns who was holding the ball from Jokic and then Jokic went to grab it from him and Jokic kind of just did that. I call it that like uh, hiding pass interference. I always tell receivers when I work with them in high school or when I go to like wide receiver camps or even my buddies that I play football with, I'm like, yo, no, no one's ever going to call this when you're running your route and you come next to a DB. You just do this. This is easier to hide as opposed to this, right? So, you know, a little cheeky elbow in soccer, a little cheeky elbow to, to free up a header. You could do that stuff. That's basically what Jokic did. And the dude flopped back and threw up his hands. And he ends up getting fined 25K Jokic's for this incident with the owner of the Suns. It's like, bro, don't touch players, dude. <laughs> like, Jokic doesn't know at that time that you just bought the team in, like, January. He doesn't know that you're the owner. And, and also, just don't touch players. Because then it riles up the rest of the fans and... Who knows if people start throwing shit at Jokic and then a, a scuffle breaks out and then you're the reason why that happens. And it happens way too often, dude. Russell Westbrook has always had incidents with fans and now people know that Westbrook is going to react that way. That's why they're always like enticing him to draw a reaction. But man, stop. Stop talking to these athletes this way. Stop touching them. Like they don't, they're not there to be disrespected like that. They're humans in the end of the day, and I know we put them on the pedestal because they're making all this money, and, and they're the reason why we're going and buying these tickets and going there to, to watch them perform. Yo, you can't do that. You can't do that. And people need to watch Malice at the Palace because that's the kind of shit that could happen. And then everyone's going to be blaming the athlete, and they shouldn't be.
I guarantee you if the fan knew that the athlete can respond in a physical way, you wouldn't have this stuff. And that's another thing I always get shit for. It's like, yo, you want, you want athletes to beat up fans? It's like, nah, but if the fan knew, I guarantee you he'd be a little bit more respectful to the dude that's 6'7", 280 pounds. But he knows that he can't be touched, and that's why fans react that way. So that's my rant on what happened with the Suns and Nuggets. That's going to be an exciting series because it has been. At the time we're recording, like I mentioned, it's 2-2. They're going back to Denver now. I think Denver ends up winning this series in seven. The way it's gone so far, every team has won at home. And every team has covered the spread, too. So it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, the next time we talk, the Knicks are still in the playoffs. Because if they lose this game later tonight, it's going to be a wrap. But what you're about to hear now is my conversation with Kenny Betts Big. We talk about NFL futures. We talk some Lamar Jackson versus Aaron Rodgers. And we also talk about worst to first. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the NFL. Joining me now after a long hiatus from one another, my guy. My guy guy, Kenny Betts Big. What's good, bro? It's good, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a minute. It, since you stood me up, you know, you, since you stood me up when you came uh, out to the East Coast, I think. <laughs> this is our first time on here. You know I had to get, give you a little. But, um, yeah, I, I actually saw you on VSIN the other day, oh. hyping up the Broncos and, you know, telling the world, the TV world, that you love the Broncos. So I had to come on here and, and make sure you, you, you were okay. You know, I make sure you didn't hit your head or something. <laughs> Why you love the Broncos so much, bro? Hey, man, nobody, nobody has agreed with me on this take. It's either going to age terribly or I'm going to look like a genius. They, the odds jumped out to me, Kenny, at anywhere from 40 to 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. You know how it is with the futures market, man. I'm trying to get ahead on a couple things, and it's a bet on the defense. It's a bet on Sean Payton. It's a bet on Russell Wilson, the revenge tour, after he's been slandered now for the last, I'd say for about a year now, ever since he got to Denver, he's been getting the shit end of things. Look, he played terribly, but I'm, I'm buying in on it, man. It sucks that they're in the AFC because holy shit is the AFC stacked this year, Kenny. Yeah, the AFC is definitely stacked. Nick, honestly, bro, you you might as well just take that money, take a lighter, just light that shit on fire. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Denver Broncos ain't doing a damn thing. You must uh, – listen, I, I, I heard your clip on, on VSIN, and I'll be honest, a lot of great points. 
at some point you almost swayed my opinion on the Denver Broncos. Then I remembered just how bad Russell Wilson <laughs> looked last year. And listen, the defense, you know, stellar defense, Sean Payton, much better coach. I hear all of it, but quarterback at the end of the day is the most important position. It doesn't matter, right? Like we just saw what the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes. Tyree Kill walks away, it doesn't matter. Lose a couple pieces on defense, doesn't matter. They got Patrick Mahomes. So uh, I, I'm not that high on Russ. I've been saying for a few years now, I think Russ was more of a product of his environment early on in his career with having, you know, Marshawn Lynch and the Legion of Boom to kind of, you know, put a Band-Aid over some of his, you know, inefficiencies as a quarterback. So, yeah, I, I'm not witchy there on the Broncos. Listen, man, like I said, it's either going to be a, a strong take next year or it's going to be awful. But uh, according to everyone... <laughs> usually the best ones not right. not to talk over those are usually the best ones right i tell people all the time like i love betting underdogs the underdogs i look for are the gross ones the one that no one wants to touch and that's usually you know where you find the value and the good bets and uh you know because like i would say vegas wins so um you know i, I don't hate it but that division's brutal man brutal yeah i mean first i gotta get through that division and then you got the whole conference also so, look, I, I do like what you mentioned, how I was swaying you a little bit, but then you, you, you thought of Danger Russ and how dangerous that could be if we back <laughs> our money on him. So there's that as well. Kenny, I want to I wanna touch on a couple of different things here, man. One of them is a couple of questions that I've gotten from people on Instagram who sent us some questions. Thank you all for sending a couple spots, uh, a couple of interesting takes. Kenny, what is... What would you say, being in the sports betting space, sports betting culture, what would you say is the worst thing about being in that space? <laughs> Man. First, you know, before you, you mentioned fans. Uh, when, you, when you do your Patreon shots, do you, do you mention their last name too? I do, yeah. So a couple Patreon members, uh, Ben Kotzian, Ryan Schubert, uh, they actually subscribed to to my picks a little while ago, and I know they're more than happy. So sh shout out the people with the good questions. I like you guys. Um, listen, the the sports betting industry, man. I don't know where where to start. Right? Like, there's so many things that are wrong with it. Um, I mean, I I guess, and it's I, it's that's probably a part of social media as well, right? It's not only sports betting, but I guess just the amount of people who claim to be experts. Uh, who are nowhere near experts in the space, who are out here just like giving people advice, you know, swaying their opinion, like swaying someone to go put their money on something that they truly think someone who knows what they're doing. You, you get what I mean? Like, there's just a lot of that, like fake guru stuff. And, you know, it started with like the fitness stuff on Instagram a while ago. And then it kind of did, like business. You, you see these 20 year olds, they rent a a sick car and they're talking about they, they could turn your business into million dollar business, but they're, they're still living at their mom's house. I, I think it's that kind of stuff that really annoys me. Dude, I'm laughing because over the weekend was the Kentucky Derby and there was so many people on my social media that were just giving out horse plays. I'm like, since when the fuck are you a horse expert? Like you haven't talked about horse racing all this time. People were hitting me up. They're like, yo, what do you like in the Derby? I'm like, dude, for like a decade now, I bet the number 10 horse is my favorite number. There's no analytics. There's no take. I can't tell you anything about the horse. And I think I'm like 0 for 10. Like, it just had to punt away 25 bucks every time. I can't give you – I bet the favorite it's lost. I bet an underdog it's lost. Like, there's no – this. that's the one thing that drives me crazy about social media. Dude, I, I put out the same kind of plays for the same sports. 
And I know for a fact there are a couple of people who either tail your picks or my picks and they claim them to be their own. That also drives me crazy too. Because it's like, yo, that's not like, dude, if I've never, I haven't bet baseball this year, but if I do, it's going to be because you hit me up and you're like, yo, bro, I think you should take the Guardians or the Mets or whatever it might be. And I'm going to give right. you your flowers for that. I'm not going to just, because everyone knows that's not something that I bet on. I bet on soccer. I bet on NBA, UFC, and the NFL. That's it. And if you do happen to see me bet a baseball or NHL pick, I guarantee you 100% of the time, it's either you hit me up, one of my buddies hit me up, or we're at a bar together, and we're just like, yo, bro, let's just throw 20 bucks on this game, 50 bucks, whatever it might be. The, when, when sports become a popular thing like that weekend or a boxing fight, whatever it might be, like, dude, with, with Tank and Ryan, I had my buddy Danny Alvarez from, from the Boxing Voice on, and he kind of swayed my opinion on who I should bet on. But... I'll never claim it to be my own. I think that's the one thing that really drives me crazy about sports betting. Yeah, absolutely. And I had a lot more of that when I first started selling uh, picks, but I had to switch up my method of doing it. I only communicate with my clients through text message. So I text every single one of them mm. and I send the picks out like the window of when I send the picks out before the game starts is pretty tight. You know, sometimes like yesterday, I send some picks out five minutes before the game starts. Um, with live betting now, you know, it's never really an issue of someone getting the plays in. But yeah, I mean, that cuts down significantly on the amount of people who, uh, you know, try and resell my picks. I like to say this, I say this all the time on social media, I'm your capper's favorite capper. I could put up DMs of so many guys selling picks saying, hey, Kenny, man, I'm getting crushed. What's the lock? What, what do you like today? There's a reason why these guys who are out here selling picks come to me when, they, when they're down because they know I'm actually legit in the space. So yeah, that, that annoys me, too. That's a good one out of you. Yeah, man. I had that happen over the football season, too, especially out the gates. I was on fire. I was like I was like 23-5 and five against the spread. I was crushing it in the contest right away. And I had that incident, too. And you know what, man? I'm not someone to just, like, call people out. Like, they know and I know, and that's all, that's all I need to know, right? Like, you, right. I get it. You get it. And, you know, it's just it's the sad reality of it, but it is what it is. I do want to pick your brain about this, and I want to put you on the spot. Every year in the NFL, every year in the NFL, we have this scenario. You have a team that goes from worst to first. I have to put you on the spot, and we have to give a decision. Okay. Give me a team in the AFC of these four teams who you think can go from worst to first and potentially win their division. So last year you had the Jets, mm -hmm. the Broncos, the Browns, and the Houston Texans. Pick one. Pick one and make the case for them to win the division. Definitely not the Texans. I agree. Um, even though even though that division is probably the closest out of, out of the four that you, you've given me here. Um, also agree. I do like the Colts in there. Like the Colts are kind of the last place. I think the Colts are a great play this year. Um, I would have to go. I, so, you know, I, I ragged on your Denver pick earlier, but like we swung Denver. <laughs> No, you didn't swing. But Denver, in my opinion, is better than Houston, and they're better than the Browns. Um, Baltimore, improved offense. They re-signed Lamar Jackson. I think that's the Ravens division. I know you like the Steelers. I like the Ravens there. I mean, it's square, and I don't really like it, but it would have to be the Jets. I mean, you, you saw what they did last year. The defense, they have talent all over the field. Then they bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers to fill their, like, glaring issue. Like, the Jets quarterback play was not – just bad last year it was 
all time bad. Like Zach Wilson looked like one of the worst players I've ever seen in the NFL. Um, it was embarrassing how bad he actually was some some of those games for the Jets. So you you replace him with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I think the Bills, I think they've kind of hit their peak. I think the Bills are going to start trending down. We kind of saw it happen last year, you know, halfway through the season. Um, so I, I would probably go with the Jets. I mean, dude, there was a, a third-string quarterback or maybe even a dude off the practice squad last year, Kenny, that got cheered on like a Thursday night football game for the Jets. Because he just wasn't he just wasn't Zach Wilson, right? Like that's how bad it got. I I hear you. I like what you said about it feels square, but sometimes that could be the case and that could be the answer also. I I, I really think and I know we opened this show talking about him, but I really think it would be Denver, man. Look, they had twelve losses last crazy, year. Crazy, right? bro. You're crazy. Listen, listen, let me Dude. try to let me try to swing you just a bro, little bit more. Come on. This is you're the guy, you're the guy. That was with me all last year on the Mahomes FU tour. Yeah, and now you're telling me, bro, what? Yo, you know Justin Herbert. You're, forget, you're forgetting that ball Justin Herbert throws. They draft another big body receiver, Quentin uh, Johnson. Are you kidding me, dude? That's yeah. the Chargers division this year. Yeah. So you know what's funny? I've been getting a lot of shit from uh, some of my buddies that cover the Raiders out here because last year I was all in on the Chargers, and then this year it seems I'm not gonna say all in, but there, the Broncos have kind of gotten a little semi for the Broncos, and uh, all my Raider friends are like, "Damn, y'all, you're jumping ship from one rival to another." And then I got the dudes from uh, KC Sports Network that were here during the conference championship. They're like, "Bro, you're the you're like the biggest Mahomes and Chiefs fan that isn't a Chiefs fan," and <laughs> and I know it's gonna sound really dumb because I've been tweeting out so many times like, "Yo, all these moves in the AFC just to lose to Kansas City in January again," and it's like. Damn, bro, I'm really going to pick against Mahomes and the Chiefs once again, Kenny. And I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Listen, we let have me, our let flaws, me ask you right? this. Yeah, we all have our flaws. We're <laughs> human. And, and if you say you don't, you're a liar. Let me ask you this, though. Because we've talked about like future bets, how I don't really love putting future bets because sometimes they will sway your opinion mm. in, the, in that particular game, right? Like right. if I have futures on the Lakers, tonight I'm thinking, ah, I love the Lakers just because I want them to win so bad, right? Um, do you think maybe you're putting a little too much emphasis on the one score game? I know you're a big one score game guy. And I think in your clip, was it the Broncos had what eight one score games last year? Um, do you think that you're buying into that a little too much and overlooking some of the other issues? Yeah. So they had, they had 10 one score games. They lost eight of them. They they went five and 12 last year, right? Dude, it's just. Okay. Just the history of when I first got introduced to the one score game thing, it was about like a decade ago. This is before I started creating podcasting. And from there, dude, I've been tracking it and it's a real thing, dude. Like the only team that went, you know, seven and one one year and then the next year they went like nine and three was a Seahawks, Russell Wilson led like 2015, 2016 around there. Or it might have been when they got Metcalf. Like, that's the only time, dude. You've seen it happen with the Chargers where Phillip Rivers, he goes 9-1 and one in one-score games, and then the next year they're like 3-7. and seven. And just the logic of that breakdown and just how football and sports are, the ball's not going to bounce your way. That, that pass interference that got called for you that put the ball on the one-yard line, next year maybe it don't get called. So instead of 3rd and 8 becoming a first and goal from the one, now it's fourth and eight and you got a punt, right? There's all these things. I talk about when the Giants played the Commanders on Sunday Night Football and 
the dude mugged Terry McLaurin in the red zone. I'm like, oh my God, yep. here comes a flag. And then no flag. And I call my buddy Joss. I was like, oh my God, they didn't throw a flag. I can't believe it. So those are the kind of things, man, that are going to sway those outcomes and change the direction of things. So I don't know, man. That's a big one for me, Kenny. That and and your strength of schedule. And look, we're recording a couple of days before the NFL schedule gets released. That's a big one for me too, man. Because everything that I'm saying about the Broncos, dude, if their schedule comes out and they got to play at KC, at Chargers, home, home Eagles, and then on the road at San Fran, it's like, bro, forget about that take. They're going to be one and three at best after four games. Right. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, the the, the schedule is huge, right? Uh, I think the bye week, when is their bye week? That's always a big thing. You know, you know, some teams get screwed over when they have their bye week, like week five or, you know, super early. So, yeah, no, I, I hear you. And, you know, I'm a big I'm a big believer and, and I always preach this, that everything regresses to the mean, right? So you talk about those one-score games. You're right. Yeah, the, the ball doesn't always bounce your way. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So, yeah, it, it's a great angle and a great take, and they have the pieces – I just think that division and the conference in the AFC in general is just an absolute gauntlet. And I don't think the Broncos have what it takes to, to beat some of those upper echelon teams. Yeah, that's definitely fair. I mean, you're thinking about them being like on the cusp of a playoff appearance. Like they, they would, they would have, they're, they're probably like a top 11 team in the AFC and they're cl way closer to 11 than one. So I, I yes. agree with you on that. Let's go to the NFC now. NFC last yeah. year. We had the Commanders, the Cardinals, the Bears, and the Falcons as teams that were in last place. Dude, I think the obvious one, in my opinion, and I know, I know, I've been on, I was on Vsin, and I've been sort of like hinting at Chicago being my version of the Jaguars this year. From a betting standpoint, dude, I feel like it gotta be Atlanta, Kenny. Am I bugging? Uh, yeah, I don't love Atlanta. Um, can I make the case? You know, I, no, go ahead. Of course, you, you always make the case. You were, talk, you were talking about you were talking about the divisions being difficult before in the AFC. I think this might be right. the easiest division in football as far as who's the favorite. The Saints. They got a lot of question marks there too. Where last year was well, no one's going to win that division but Tampa. Now I think all four of those teams it's wide open, dude. I like the Panthers. Okay. A lot of Panther love, Bryce though, Young, bro. Yeah, I think Bryce Young's going to surprise a lot of people, man. I, You know, like, a lot of talk about he's small and he's this, he's that. Like, every year, you know, these guys find something to, to pick apart on these guys as opposed to just, like, looking at the actual film, right? Like, Kenny Pickett, the talk was, like, he's got little hands. Kenny Pickett was a baller at Pittsburgh. <laughs> like, it's really not that surprising that he steps into the Steelers and he's balling again in the NFL. So, yeah, Bryce Young, Alabama quarterback, you know, going up against the best of the best of competition in the SEC. And he was super clutch, like, in, in the biggest moments, on the biggest stages. Like, he didn't, he didn't you know, shy, shy away. So, yeah, I think, you know, Bryce Young steps into a situation where the Panthers weren't that bad last year, even with all the turmoil that was going on there with the quarterback situation. Was it Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield? Uh, and they still had a 7-10 and 10 record and were, you know, had a chance to win the, win the division at the end of the season. So um, you, you replace him with someone like a Bryce Young. I, I think the Panthers got something cooking, man. What about the idea of you're better off betting Bryce Young to win Rookie of the Year at plus 500 
as opposed to them winning the division at plus 350. Is that something? Because totally that's. Agree. Totally agree. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's Again, see, I, I, watch your sh I watch your stuff. So it's very similar to what you did last year with the Jaguars, right? Where you said, hey, if the Jaguars win, the only way the Jaguars are making the playoffs is if they win this division. So you might as well just bet them to, to win the division as opposed to make the playoffs, right? Yeah, that was exactly it. Almost the same kind of breakdown here. Now, we're talking about a particular player as opposed to an actual team. But, yeah, I mean, the quarterback, we know about how much the quarterback is worth against the spread and to his team. So that would be an approach that I would probably take because even though rookie of the year is one where, like, they do tend to lean towards, like, the skill position players. Not anymore. You're, so so it's this – I because I, I actually had to I did a show the other day and I, this was one of the segments I had to do was why Bijan Robinson is not a good bet for rookie of the year. Mm. So historically, running backs do win the award, but I think there's in the last since like 2000 or I think it was 2000. There's been like four running backs that have won the award, and over the Saquon Barkley was the only running back that's won it over the last like 10 years. Last four years, it's been two quarterbacks, two wide receivers. Um, over the last 18 years, it's been nine quarterbacks. So it's like 50% quarterback. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a good, you know, you make a good point. You might as well take him to win rookie of the year because, yeah, if the Panthers win the division, uh, he'll more than likely win rookie of the year. So I, I think another one, too, where that could be come into play is the Colts with Anthony Richardson. If Anthony Richardson steps in and, and plays, you know, early on in the season and the Colts, because if the Colts – go back to what their expectations were like the Colts last year and the year prior, they, they were one of the favorites to, to get to the Super Bowl. And last year they kind of, they kind of just fell apart, but they have a lot of good pieces. The defense is elite. They have really good wide receivers, big physical receivers. They have arguably the best running back in football and Jonathan Taylor. And then you put a guy like Anthony Richardson in there, who's an all world physical specimen. <laughs> like, he, and, and then you look at the new coach they bring in, the Eagles offensive coordinator. Look what he was doing with Jalen Hurts. What do you think he's going to do with someone like Anthony Richardson? Um, so I, I think the Colts are, are are an interesting team as well. You kind of swung me on Indy a little bit. Right? I mean, dude. I forgot Colts, about the man. pairing with the, with the coordinator now coming over. Yeah, man. I think they're going to do some nice things in, in Indianapolis. Anthony Richardson is, is the truth. Uh, he super physical player, big guy, fast, uh, can make all the throws. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm expecting big things for him in the NFL. Can I make the case for the commanders, bro? They, they got a lot of talent on this team too, especially offensively. I know Sam Howell is stepping in year two. Uh, you do see a leap year two. We only saw him play one game last year, but there hasn't been a repeat winner in the NFC East since 2002. But, yo, Kenny, it's so hard not to pick Philly, bro, especially after the draft, especially how bad the conference is also. And they've also owned this division. They, they basically sweep everyone except for the Cowboys. They kind of split with them. But, yeah. you know, history tells you that the Eagles are not going to win this. The last 21 seasons, there hasn't been a repeat winner. How do you feel about Washington? Um, I think Washington, again, they do have a lot of talent. But I think every other team in that division has gotten significantly better over the last like two, three years. Or Washington, for the last few years, they were kind of like that dark horse team. Everyone thought, you know, they could make a run. They had the pieces, McLaurin, great defense. Um, but I feel like they've kind of gotten worse over the last few years. So I, I, I don't love Washington. I think, the, I think the Giants, man. I think the Giants can make a play for that division. Let's go, baby. 
fucking shit. Let's get it. I, I hate the Giants. I'm a Patriots fan. I absolutely hate the Giants. Um, I got no hate. I, I, I got no hate for Brady and the Pats because anytime it mattered, we beat them. So uh, TB12 is good <laughs> in, in the Lamb household. That's for sure. Uh, I, I bet he is. He TB12 is good at, anywhere in the world. He, he's very he's valid. Um, what, what do you think of the Giants though? You don't think the Giants can steal that division? I think the Giants are banking a lot on this kid that they took out of Tennessee. Uh, the wide receiver. I, yeah. Um, I do like everything that I'm hearing from him. And I, I like that he he's saying a lot of the same things that St. Brown said when all those receivers went over him. And he has a little bit of the beef with the Cowboys wide receiver coach who was kind of slandering him at his pro day. But, dude, the, they need they need wide receiver help bad. And I know Saquon's been training with DeAndre Hopkins, bro, on social media, Kenny. I don't know if you've seen it, but every day I'm just like, come on, man, just <laughs> – Talk, talk to the guy. Bring him over. Let's let's make something happen because they definitely need wide receiver help. I know Darren Waller is going to help him. I always talk about one-score games, Kenny, so I got to be honest. The Giants had a great record in one-score games last year. They are playing a third-place schedule, and we got to see was what we saw last year with Daniel Jones and Brian Dable what we're going to be seeing moving forward. That's why I was a little hesitant to give him $40 million a year. I would have preferred a franchise tag. But then again, if he turns out to be a legitimate quarterback now with Dayball. You're looking at Daniel Jones, the way the market is going, bro, maybe on a discount. So I, I want to feel optimistic about the Giants, but, you know, they're probably like a five or, uh, a top five or six team in the NFC, but that also tells you how bad that NFC is. Yeah, the uh... – I, I think Jalen Hyatt's going to be really good. I don't think you guys will get DeAndre Hopkins, so you can just put that one to bed right now. But, like, why would the Giants not get DeAndre Hopkins, right? Like, what do you think it would take? Maybe a one, maybe a couple twos. I never understand why some of these guys don't pull the triggers on proven players. Like, the Bills get Stephon Diggs at a steal. Uh, the Dolphins get Tyreek Hill at a, at a steal, right? Like, DeAndre Hopkins. What what did the Cardinals give up for DeAndre Hopkins when they traded for him? I don't remember it being much. I think it was like a second round draft pick, right? Dude, there's nothing that drives me crazier in sports than when there's like a a 25 to 30 year old player and he's still like at his prime and his apex. And you have fans like, no, you can't give up a first round pick for him. It's like, bro, why? Look at look at first round picks. Dude, Devin Booker, I was talking about Devin Booker to open the show. Devin Booker went 13th in his draft class. The names ahead of them are like Moutier, Jaleel Okafor, Stanley Johnson. You're like, bro, what? And then you'd have people be like, oh, yo, you got to hold on to this lottery pick. It's like, dude, I'm a Knicks fan. You know how many lottery picks they've missed on? Like, bro, if I have an established piece, like I would always say, Kenny, about Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, like four or five years ago, I'm like, bro, if I have a, if I have a top 10 pick in the draft, and I could flip it for Bradley Beal. I'll take it. And everyone's like, yo, no, he's making all this money. It's like, bro, Bradley Beal's a beast. He just plays in Washington and no one knows about him. Like, you know, people know about him, but like no one really respects right. him like that because it's Washington. So I agree with you, bro. Like this idea that, well, all right, two twos and you get D hop. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say thank he, you to them too. I'm sorry? He's he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins. It's it, yeah. giving up a couple twos for D hop would be no brainer. Like 
I honestly think sometimes these GMs are, I don't know what drugs they're doing, but some, some of the decisions they make, man, are so out there. And it's just like, how did you get that job? Um, you know, that's why you got to tip your cap to what the Rams did a couple of years ago, right? They just went all in. They said, screw the draft picks. We're going to get Odell. We're going to get Von Miller and we're going to go for the Super Bowl. And they won it. So still surprised we haven't seen more teams try and try and follow that recipe. I want to end the show talking a little bit about uh, this question that I got from one of the fans that sent in questions. Who would you say has a better season this year between Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson? If you had to pick one. Lamar Jackson. I like Lamar Jackson for MVP. He was my pick last year for MVP. Yeah. You're telling me he has Odell Beckham now and Zay Flowers, who was potentially going to be the first wide receiver picked in the draft this year. Um, so, yeah, I think Lamar Lamar Jackson is going to be on, on a – similar to last year, how we were saying Pat Mahomes was on his FU tour. Lamar Jackson is going to light the league up this year. It's going to be, it's going to be scary hours for the NFL. Dude, I love that you brought that up because I feel the same way. I've been starting to prepare for the NFL preview show. This is like the landmark episode for, for VM. It was like the first of its kind. And I'm, I'm starting with like MVPs because then from there I can arrange how I feel about everybody. But dude, I, I agree with you. Because Lamar strikes me as a player, Kenny. And we'll, and we'll wrap up with this because I know we're, we're coming up on time. Lamar strikes me as a player that even though he got paid, bro, he still is going to have a chip on his shoulder. Because of all the stuff that he went through. Like, he strikes me as someone that's going to be like, yo, bro, you didn't want to pay me all this time? Now I got paid. It's like, yo, look, this is this is what you were getting. This is what you're getting. Do you feel the same way about Lamar? Yeah, absolutely. Not only did he, were they trying to lowball him on the, the money he was getting for so long, when the Ravens said, you know what? Any team can go talk to you. Every team said, Matt, we're out. On a, a 20-something-year-old former MVP quarterback, no team wanted him. Come on. That, he was getting blackballed. So, yeah, I think he's going to come in, and I think he's going to go insane this year. I, I think he's going to have one of the best seasons we've probably ever seen out of a quarterback. Oof. You know, I got I got Joe Burrow as my MVP, but maybe maybe I'm looking at the wrong AFC North teams, bro. Maybe I'm like, you know, I'm talking about the Steelers. You're on the Ravens. I'm talking about Joe Burrow. You're on Lamar. It's going to be fun. You can never go wrong with Joe Burrow. Yeah. Dude, I feel I feel like this is the year because then they got a lot of decisions they got to make from a front office standpoint. And I was talking to one of my buddies who's a Bengals fan, and he's been a Bengals fan since like Carson Palmer, so he's not one of these new fans, Kenny. And I was just telling him, I'm like, dude, this is also a historically very cheap organization. So you ain't going to keep all these fancy toys on the outside with Higgins and with, with Jamar Chase, and you're not going to keep the running back. You got, you've already lost a lot of players in the secondary for you and you're banking on a Wuzier who's coming off an ACL to like bounce back and be like a shutdown corner. And then you got to pay Joe Burrow, what him and Herbert in, in a year or two are going to, you know, North of 50, maybe $60 million. They're going to set the new market. So it's going to be fun, man. It's going to definitely be fun. And we're starting to ramp up the NFL coverage moving forward. Cause there's just so much good shit happening, man. And, Hopefully next week I get you back on, Kenny, and we talk about the schedule coming out because I'm a big schedule maker guy, man. I think that is before I actually pull the trigger on a lot of these futures, Kenny, I want to have the schedule in front of me. I'm one of those guys. No, yeah, absolutely, as you should, because if you're, if you're betting on things right now without the schedule, 
futures are already there's so many variables that come into play if you're betting without even knowing what their schedule is now you're just really just taking shots in the dark you know um so yeah no definitely next week i'm in uh hopefully we don't have the technical issues and we we could go a little longer and uh we'll, we'll chop it up for sure let the people know where they can find you and uh yo keep giving out these winners man especially when there's people from vm hopping on you know what i'm saying (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah the uh you, you could find me at kenny bets big baseball is my thing uh my best sport by far so now, now's the time you know give me a follow you ever have any questions about you know betting baseball it's pretty difficult if you're just getting into it so um you know shoot me a dm and, and we'll chop it up yeah if you're coming from the show let them know that you're a vm legend and he'll you know maybe take care of you a little bit extra you know what I'm saying? Keep it in the family. Always, always, man. The the, the VM supporters, they, they always get a little uh, ec- extra benefit, you know? I, I always take care of those guys. Now, th- anyone I've gotten from your show has been super cool. Never, like, anything toxic. You know, the worst is, like, I've had clients, like, just like a month ago, I had a, this guy sign up. He signed up for the month. Two weeks in, he starts texting me, complaining, like, dude, what's going on? We're losing. I texted him every single day's results for the two weeks that he had been on like getting my pick so far, we were up money. Didn't, didn't hit me back. The next day I actually had a losing day. Text me back. He's like, ah, oh, I told you, you suck. Faded all your picks. Good sweep for me. I was like, bro, I, I don't need to be listening to this fucking loser right now. So yeah, <laughs> uh, he, 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 his package ended. I put it, I went, I put a sale on, he, he tried jumping back on to get my picks. I refunded him immediately. Text him. I was like, bro, I have no desire to even talk to you ever again and have a nice life. Um, so yeah, anyone I've gotten from the show has been super cool, real down to earth, you know, pleasure to talk to. So I love to hear that, man, because I made it a point to build out a community that really understands sports betting. And I tell people all the time, we even joked about it in the past when we come off like, you know, eight and one weekends We're like, Hey man, let's not take this for granted. There's going to be some regression. We're trying to give out winners. We're putting input and advice and giving you our takes. But we also understand we've been doing this for a long time. It's impossible for us to be crushing it all the time. So when we do get on these stretches, we're definitely patting ourselves on the back. And when we go a little cold, man, that's part of the game. So you take the highs with the highs and the lows with the lows. And with that said, I want to give a shout out to the members of the Patreon before we wrap up. Nick Chavez, Abel Rezin, Ben Coltsian, Christopher Velasquez, Derek Platees, Devin Rendon, Mike Wozniak, Nick Crummage, Thomas Robinson, and Daniel Gibson. Support for VM. You can catch next week's episode up right now. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you guys later. This Steady leaning like a styrofoam fiend with his medicine. Nobody better than his Nicky Sticks and his element. I'm a gold medalist, bronze like your medalist. So many deer in headlights, but it's bedtime. Hear that supper bell, main course, beat of venison. Zab. The most dangerous game. Either kill or be killed. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... 
At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.